0: If you have your Bibles tonight, Isaiah chapter number 12, Isaiah chapter number 12, I'm going to read all six verses, Isaiah chapter 12, says, and in that day, a day to come, and in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, praise the Lord, call upon His name, declare His doings among the people, Make mention that his name is exalted. They sung about it the first song tonight. Hallelujah. The, the, the name of Jesus is exalted. Anybody believe his name's exalted tonight? Verse 5 says, Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. He talked about the exalted name, but he said that the, the name being exalted isn't the end all. But in verse 6, he said, Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Amen. Tonight, I want to preach to you on this thought from ordinary to extraordinary. From ordinary to extraordinary, or simply the exalted name of Jesus. The exalted name of Jesus. Jesus, we are so thankful your presence that we have already felt in this place tonight. Lord, we believe you to speak into this congregation. Lord, we believe that lives are going to be changed and transformed. God, you're going to take somebody from just an ordinary life tonight to something extraordinary and a walk with you, Lord, because you are going to feel somebody with the Holy Ghost in this house, Lord. You're going to transform lives, Lord. You're going to touch and make whole within this service tonight, and we thank you, and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. You can be seated tonight. Isaiah writes and says, and in that day, a day to come, not that present moment. But he said, in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Does anybody love praise in the house? Anybody love praising Jesus? He said, in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Why? Why was there going to be praise that would go up to the Lord? He said, though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away. We read in Micah seven eighteen. The prophet asked a question, he said, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He said, He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. When When God was aggravated and upset and angry because of the sin of man, God did not come to squash man with his foot but he came down to go to Calvary's cross. He came down to shed his blood. He came down to give his life that we could have life tonight. In First John 2 and 2, it declares, and he, speaking of Jesus, is a propitiation for our sins. What that word means is he is the appeasement of the anger of God. When God was angry with us, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus, he's not angry anymore. Why? Because Jesus took our place. Is anybody thankful that Jesus took your place today? Peter said it like this. Peter said that ye should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter said when you think about where Jesus brought you from, when you think about the sacrifice that he made for you, he said there ought to be a praise that would erupt from your mouth. And the prophet Isaiah said in that day when you realize that the anger of God has been turned, he said there's going to be a praise that erupts. Why? Because. Because, God, you brought mercy and you brought grace into my life thank you, Jesus. Let me just stop for a moment to say, hallelujah, yes, your past is behind you, yes, but you'd better never forget where God brought you out of. Why? Because when you begin to forget where God brought you out of, you'll start looking back with wrong remembrances. It was the children of Israel that God brought out of Egypt, and when they started just remembering the the garlics and the leeks and the onions and and the food that they had back in Egypt, they started wanting to go back. But God said, you better never forget Egypt and the house of bondage. Don't you forget that that was a house of bondage, but don't you ever forget it. I mean, some of you want to forget about your past because there's shame back there in your past, but God says, no, you can still remember your past. Why? Because you are not the same. Paul said it this way. He said, in such words, some of you, but now you're washed. Now you're justified. Now you're sanctified. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm thankful that the angels, Of God has been turned in my life. He said in verse 1 And thou comfortest me. Man, with this world like never before needs comfort, the church like never before needs comfort. And it was Jesus who read the words of Isaiah 61 when he turned 30 years old there in the, the synagogue as a book was handed to him. It was handed to him open to Isaiah 61, and he said, the Lord has sent, hath anointed me and sent me Amen to comfort all that mourn in Zion. Can I tell you, if to those that might be mourning in Zion tonight, the Lord has come to comfort you in this house. Hallelujah. He has come to tell you, I want to give you beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning. I used to hear that. There was a song when I was younger, he gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear. I know I'm not singing in tune. I'm not a singer, but but it was a popular song, he gives beauty for ashes. And I always pictured like beauty, like outward beauty. But when you look it up, it's not talking about he makes you beautiful for ashes. But it's literally a turban is what they called beauty. It was what the priests would wear. It was upon the head. When when somebody was mourning in Israel, they would shave their head. They would put ashes upon their head, and everybody that saw them knew, hey, they are in mourning. But God comes through the prophet Isaiah, and he read it in his first uh, first time, not first time, because at 12 years old, he was reading in the temple. But, but when his ministry started at the age of 30, he said, I've come to give you beauty for ashes. He said, you may be in mourning, and you may feel like, you know what, I've got to shave my head, and I've got to put ashes upon my head and, and everybody's got to see the morning. But he said, no, I'm going to put a, a, a fancy headdress upon you. I'm going to put a turban upon you that when people look at you, even though you're in mourning, what they're going to see is not somebody that's depressed, but they're going to see a priest that's called of God, amen, that has a mission. Can I tell you, Paul said, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. I'm thankful that in times when we go through mourning in our lives, we can rejoice why that there is a hope beyond this life there is something beyond the here and now amen and we can walk in and rejoicing with him in john 14 16 through 18 he said and i will pray the father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Everybody say, shall be in you. Verse 18, remember that for later. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In verse 26 of John 14, he said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever. I have said unto you, in Isaiah, look forward unto a day when God would come and give his life at Calvary, when he would come, amen, when he would raise from the dead, when he would ascend into heaven and come back as a Holy Ghost to live inside of the church. He said, Thou comfortest me. Verse 2, he said, Behold, God is my salvation. He said, I will trust and not be afraid. Why? For the Lord Jehovah. Everybody say Jehovah. You sung about Jehovah a while ago. Jehovah is my strength and my song. Anybody thankful for a song to sing? Hallelujah! Anybody thankful tonight that you can rejoice in the God of your salvation? He said, "He also is become my salvation." He, who's the He? Jehovah has become my salvation. When when the angel came to Mary in Matthew one and twenty one or came to Joseph, rather, in Matthew 1 and 21 and said, And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Look at it, all caps, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Who's the he? The name Jesus, it means Jehovah is my salvation. uh, Isaiah said, and he, he... Jehovah also has become my salvation. And the angel looked at Joseph and said, his name shall be called Jesus. Why? Because this Jesus, he is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. He is the creator of the universe. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's no ordinary child, but he shall save his people from their sins. He is Jehovah, become my salvation. And so we read that, He is our salvation. Verse 3, therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. It was Jesus who said in uh, John chapter 4, I don't know if I, okay, it's the bottom, John 4, 13 through 14, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water, shall thirst again, he said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life, and the prophet Isaiah said, with joy shall ye draw forth waters out of the well of salvation, joy is a bucket that you dip into the the well of salvation, amen, it's the joy, is anybody thankful tonight to have salvation, You see, in the Old Testament, Brother Miller, they would... They would bring that oxen, or they would bring that goat, or they would bring that lamb, or they would bring the turtle dove, and it was a very somber thing. Salvation to them was a very somber thing. They would have to lay their hands upon that oxen, and they'd have to slay it, and it was a very gross and disgusting and very somber, but Isaiah said, there's coming a day when it's going to be with joy that you're going to draw forth waters out of the well of salvation. I'm thankful that salvation isn't a drudgery, but I don't know about you, but when I received the Holy Ghost, there was a joy that came springing up out of me hallelujah there was an excitement a gladness a happiness that came flowing out hallelujah verse 4 of Isaiah 12 he said and in that day shall ye say praise the Lord call upon his name what's his name tonight declare his doings among the people make mention that his name is exalted The word exalted means it's lifted up. Man, he did not say, make mention that his name is high, but make mention that his name is exalted. You see, we read in Matthew 1 and 21, his name shall be called Jesus, and it's all capital. It's the first time we see the name Jesus in the Bible. So to us, when we read it, to us, it's a spectacular, wonderful name. It's the first time we see it in the Bibles, Jesus, and it's so powerful because because we understand uh, we understand Acts four and twelve. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We we understand that all power in heaven and earth belongs to the name of Jesus. So so when we read that name Jesus, we already have an understanding that there's no name like the name of Jesus. Do you believe that tonight? There is no name like the name of Jesus. Uh, There's no no other name that you can lay hands on somebody and pray in, but but the name of Jesus and the healing comes. There's no other name which uh, the devils are cast out, but the name of Jesus. You can't cast them out in your name, but when you speak the name of Jesus with the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost, then things begin to happen. But would it surprise you if I told you that, When Mary and Joseph took that baby, Jesus, to the high priest, or to the priest rather, on his eighth day, the day when they would name him, and the priest said, what's his name? When they looked at the priest, Brother Miller, and they said, his name is Jesus, the priest didn't stumble back and say, why in the world would you call him Jesus? The priest didn't say, you're a blasphemer. How dare you call him Jehovah's salvation? He's just a normal baby. None of that happened. Why? Because when Jesus was named Jesus, the name Jesus was not a new name. It was not a name that they just, the angel gave them that God created this awesome, spectacular name that, that Jesus was going to envelop in this special name. But, but the name Jesus was a very common, ordinary name. You say, wait a second. The name Jesus is not ordinary Brother Scully, there's nothing common about the name Jesus. Brother Scully, there's no other name like the name Jesus. I agree with you, but when he was named Jesus, when they would look for him out on the playground, they said say, Jesus, Jesus. There was probably more than one head that turned, Brother Miller. The reason why is because when Jesus was named Jesus, it was a very common name. What are you saying? When they've looked for the tomb of Jesus at that time period when he died, archaeologists have found over 71 tombs. They found 71 tombs with the name Jesus on them. What does that tell us? That during the time of Jesus, the name Jesus was a very common, ordinary name. Man, what are you saying, Brother Scully? Y'all went from, whoa, to, oh my goodness, what is he up here preaching? Man, because we are apostolic, we are Pentecostal. The name Jesus is not ordinary. Brother Scully, the name Jesus is not common. Yes, today in 2023, it's not common. It's not ordinary. But when they said his name is Jesus, nobody looked at them and said, why would you do that? You see, we we read names in the Old Testament, and then we read them in the New Testament, and they're pronounced different, right? Because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Did you know the Old Testament name for Jesus is Joshua? Joshua, who followed after Moses, if his name, matter of fact, his name is in the New Testament. His name is in the New Testament two times, but you don't read Joshua because you read in Acts. Let me get it here. You read in Acts chapter 7 and verse 45, you read the name Joshua. In Hebrews 4 and 8, you read the name Joshua, but it's written in the New Testament, so you don't read Joshua but you read Jesus. Why? Because Jesus and Joshua were the same. We read in the Old Testament there was four people that bore the name Joshua, four people that had the name Jesus. Would it surprise you if I told you that when when Pilate offered them Barabbas, when he said, do you take Barabbas or do you take Jesus, all the way in all the old translations, the, our Bibles now, it just simply says Barabbas. But if you read the early translations, what Pilate asked is, do you want Jesus of Nazareth or do you want Jesus Barabbas? You see, later on when people begin to realize how important the name Jesus is, there was a king that said, I believe it was Charlemagne, he said, I don't want anything connected with the name of Jesus. It's negative. So now they just call him Barabbas in our Bibles. But his name was literally Jesus Barabbas. Why? Because the name Jesus was just a common, ordinary name. But if you can understand tonight that God took a common, ordinary name, that God put such power and such authority in just a name, that at the land on of hands, when you say in the name of Jesus, amen, that, that healing comes. Hallelujah. That dead bodies have been raised in the name of Jesus. That demons have been cast out in the name of Jesus. When you can understand that if he could do that with a name, Hallelujah! Why? Because his name is exalted. Yes, it was common. Yes, it was ordinary, but no longer is it common. No longer is it ordinary, but now it's exalted. It holds all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. But, but the whole purpose of God coming wasn't just to exalt his name. But the writer goes on and says, Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Hallelujah. I, I was blessed to know a guy that was blind. And I watched for years as I would go to youth rallies. And this guy would come to youth rallies, had the dark sunglasses and had the blind stick. And they had to lead him around. When he was at his home church, he knew where everything was. They didn't have to lead him around. When he was in Middletown at Brother Browning's church, he knew where everything was. Nobody had to lead him. But when he went to other youth rallies at other churches, uh, there was always somebody leading him around because he didn't know where the walls were. He didn't know where the chairs were. He didn't know where the altar was, where anything was, so people led him around. But there was an evangelist one night that went to Brother Browning's church and began to preach, and he looked at him, and and he began to prophesy, and he said, This night, God's going to restore your sight. And he prayed over him, and guess what? Nothing happened. He went home blind. But he kept waking up through the night, and every time he'd wake up, he started nudging his wife. He woke his wife up, and he said, I can see. I can see. By the next morning, they took him to the eye doctor. I'd seen this guy for years, for, for about seven, eight years as a young person, and saw him at, at camps, at camps. At, uh, at camps and at youth rallies, and he was always being led around. But God transformed through a church service through the name of Jesus. His blinded eyes were open, and from that day forward, I never saw him with glasses on again. I never saw him with a walking stick again. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So you can't tell me that my God's not a healer. I know he's a healer. Amen, and so it's known in all the earth the great, excellent things God has done. But then listen to verse 6. He says, cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Now, I used to read this, and the picture I got was Emmanuel, God with us. You see, when we look at the inhabitants of Zion, when we look at everybody, the inhabitants of Zion, I I could say that that I am in the midst of apostolic life tonight. I'm in the midst of the congregation of apostolic life tonight. I can say that. But throw that verse 6 up again. There's a difference between cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee and Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant. Notice it does not say, thou inhabitants. Notice it says, thou inhabitant. There's a difference between being in the midst of everybody and then being in the midst of one. Because this is in the midst of everybody. But, Brother Miller, come here. I can be in the midst of all of us, but I can't be in the midst of him. Only God can be in the midst of him. You see, in the midst of all of us, it just means they're in the presence. But when it gets into the midst of the inhabitant, that's into the inward man. That's into the inward part of him. Hallelujah. What was Isaiah saying? Isaiah was saying, yes, his name is exalted but that's not the end all. He didn't just come and go to Calvary just to exalt his name, just to make take something common and make it extraordinary. That wasn't his only purpose, but he said his purpose was to get inside of an individual, to transform a life, amen, to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We read in John 14, 1 through three. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye you know. In the way, ye you know. We we hear that all the time at funerals, don't we? And we always think about heaven there. But, Brother Miller, Jesus wasn't talking about heaven there. What are you saying? Jesus told them, he said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up and all the Pharisees and all the scribes got mad, and the Sadducees got mad, and they wanted to kill him. Why? Because they thought he was talking about a physical temple, but he wasn't talking about a physical temple, but he was talking about his body, and Jesus looked at some disciples in John 14. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. There are many habitations. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, I'm about to step inside of you and inhabit you. He said, that where I I am not that where I will be, but where I am right now. He said, right now I am God in the flesh. There's a God inside of me. He said, the Father is in me. He said, I want you to understand that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But he said, there's coming a day when not only are you going to understand that I am in my Father, and my Father is in me, but he said, you're about to become a habitation. He said, I'm preparing you to be a room. He said, I'm about to step inside of you. Hallelujah. He said... In John 14, he said, Even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Right now I'm with you, but he said, and shall be in you. Hallelujah. The end all is not just the the exalted name of Jesus, but God said, I don't want to just take a common, ordinary name and transform it into something extraordinary. But He said, but I want to take some lives. I want to take some people that were created. In my image, and I want to take them from ordinary to extraordinary. He said, I want to put my spirit inside of some normal, ordinary people and transform their lives. Hallelujah. Verse 20. He said, at that day ye shall know. It everybody say, at that day. Isaiah said, twice and in that day. And Jesus said, and at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. Jesus said, the end all is not just my name being exalted, but the end all is me getting inside of you and transforming your life and giving you life more abundantly. Hallelujah. We read and we rejoice over the exalted name of Jesus in Acts 4 and 12 when he said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But, But don't stop there at the exalted name of Jesus. But continue to read in verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They said, These are just common, ordinary people. These people, there's nothing special about them. They're just ordinary people, he said. But they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They understood there's something different. There's something extraordinary about them. They're just common people. But God changed them into extraordinary when his spirit got inside of them. Hallelujah. Why would God choose the name Jesus? It was Paul on his way to Damascus. He hears a voice calling from heaven. said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Paul asked a question. He said, who art thou, Lord? In Matthew 3 and 3, well, let's go back to Isaiah 40 and 3. Isaiah 40 and 3, the Old Testament says, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Who's it talking about? John the Baptist. Isaiah 40 and 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Everybody say, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Everybody say, the Lord. We read this in the New Testament in Matthew 3 and 3. Now, notice Isaiah 40 and 3 real quick. Isaiah 40 and 3. Notice the word Lord. What do you notice about that word? It's all caps. Remember the name Jesus was all caps. The name Lord in the Old Testament. When you see, anytime you see it all caps, the the Hebrew word there is Jehovah. Everybody say Jehovah. It was the only name that Israel knew for God. And remember, Jesus was Jehovah, my salvation. It was a, a confirmation that this was not a junior, but this was the original God in flesh. But But we read in Matthew 3 and 3 in the New Testament, the word Jehovah is not in the New Testament because the word Jehovah was a Hebrew word. So you don't find that word Jehovah. But Matthew 3 and 3, it says, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet. Now the name there is Isaiah. It doesn't look like Isaiah because it's translated from the Greek, but it's Isaiah. It said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Make his path straight. It was a, a quotation of Isaiah 40 and 1. Isaiah 40, the word for Lord was Jehovah, but in the New Testament where the word Jehovah is not found because it's strictly a Hebrew word, there's, there's no other equation or no other equal for that Hebrew word anywhere in any language. And so the word they used there was Lord, which was Kurios, Kurios. And so when Paul, when he, when he asks, who art thou, Lord, he says, who art thou, Kurios, but, but he's not asking, who art thou, Master, but what he's saying is, who are you, Jehovah? Because the only one that can speak from heaven, Paul, is raised a Jew. He sat at the feet of Gamal. He knows the Old Testament. He knows, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, Jehovah our God is one. He knows that the, he, there's a holy one of Israel. And so when it says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He knows it's the Lord. But he says, who are you, Jehovah? Because he said, I don't understand. I, I'm doing your work. I'm doing, I, I, these are the ones, the people I'm persecuting are the ones that are, are going against you because they're saying this man is God. He said, who are you, Lord? And notice the Lord, the voice answered back and said in Acts 9 and 5, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus Notice Jehovah did not say, I am Jehovah, I am Lord. But he said, I am Jehovah, your salvation. I am Jesus. When Paul heard Jehovah say, I am Jesus, all of a sudden Paul understood, hey, this isn't a man that made himself God, but this was Jehovah God that made himself man. And I've been wrong. And that's why all of a sudden every Old Testament verse began to make connection in Paul's mind. And Paul became one that was a persecutor of the church, and he became the greatest man missionary that this world has ever seen why because God took somebody that was common when he got a revelation of the exalted name of Jesus but then when Paul received the gift of the Holy Ghost God took somebody that was just common and ordinary it made him extraordinary as we stand across the house as my wife comes to the music tonight man I I hope you understand brother Scully's not saying the name Jesus is common Ordinary, there's nothing common about the name Jesus. But but when Jesus walked the earth in the New Testament, there was four people that held the name Jesus in our Bibles. When, when you research the most common names during that time period that Jesus was alive, the three most common male names was Joseph, John, and Jesus. Jesus was one of the most common names, Brother Miller. Nobody thought when they said his name is Jesus, nobody thought, oh, he's so great. He was just common. His name was common. But if you can understand tonight that God could take a common, ordinary name and put such power, such authority in that name, then what could he do with you? Hallelujah, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. You are more than just a word. Hallelujah. But you are the very creation of God. And if God could take his name and put such power and authority, that's why Jesus said, tarry ye in Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. Why? Jesus said, You may be common and ordinary people. He said, But I'm about to put a power inside of you. This going to take you from ordinary to extraordinary. He said, I'm about to put my spirit inside of you, and you're going to have power and authority hallelujah you're going to have dominion and authority over spirits and over wickedness over high thing hallelujah that's why that's why Peter said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world why because we've got a God that lives inside of us the end all was not the exaltation of his name but the end all was he wanted to get inside of you wanted to get inside of his creation in my father's house are many mansions he was saying i'm not the only one but there's going to be more than that that's why he said these these works shall ye do and greater why because he said you're not going to be ordinary people walking around when i'm done with you but you're going to know that i am my father my father and me and i in you. Jesus wants to get in you today. As we open up these altars, if you need the Holy Ghost tonight, hallelujah, Jesus is here to fill you with His Spirit. Hallelujah, if you've never received that power, that power is here tonight. Hallelujah, you can walk away with power and authority. Hallelujah, you can walk away from this place changed and transformed because of the name of Jesus, but not just the name of Jesus, but because He has a desire to get inside and transform your life and give you life more abundantly today let's thank him for his name but let's also thank him and invite him say God let me be a habitation for you today God make me in your image God wash me white as